have a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is King of Kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. But sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right When the Spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. Welcome to Cross Politic, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host. One of your hostesses, Gabriel Wrench. You're not a hostess. I'm a hostess. You're not a hostess. And Can I, I have some water? I always... <laughs> <laughs> do we have any water in here? Uh, I have across me, Chocolate Knox. Hey, praise God. Amen. To the left of me, Pastor Toby Sumter weighing in about 180, hey, I believe. Pastor, Good morning. Are you about 180? Praise the Lord, I think my wife's done a little bit better than that. <laughs> Oh, look at that. <laughs> that oh. beard alone is like, yeah. you know, five pounds. You know, yeah. you know. Way to go. Yeah. Way to go. You know, there you go. Rock, rock that beard, Pastor. Rock <laughs> it for your, Jesus. Your beard's looking pretty good, too. Well, you know. It is. And you know, it God is. is good. I'm, I'm the modern man on the show. <laughs> yeah, man. The, I believe you're a man got, when you get some I, hair on that face, no, buddy. You know, um... <laughs> It's a He's it's a, a relational thing with a wife. <laughs> okay. Well, then you did a great job. I'll give you a high five. Yeah. It's a complimentary thing this is, with a wife. It's a complimentary thing. This is uh, your mutual submission. Uh, yeah, that's great. Well, she's got to kiss that. So, <laughs> the, so the topic of our show today is uh, why Mormons aren't Christians. And we have a great um, oh, this is interview be a short coming up. Show. <laughs> we have a a great lady coming on the show later, um, Dr. Lynn Wilder, um, that we interviewed regarding this topic. And she's she's great, super. Uh, I can't wait to hear that. Super I great even family. Heard it yeah, you no, should listen no, to no, it. Yeah, I was telling I was telling Dave right before the show that you know I'm not even going to tell him the sweetest part because mm. I, I need, and he needs to have a box of tissues. Yeah, set it up for him. Like, Let everybody know how you set me up for oh, this. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I am. No, I mean it's yeah. it's uh, wait yeah. and, to, and 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 you got to listen all the way to the end of the interview because I I think one of the best best spots is is at the end of our conversation with with lynn she was she was fantastic and so long story short she was uh, her and her family were in the mormon church leaders in the church also for about 30 years yeah and uh and then they um, became yeah. christians so yeah they were converted by yeah. more missionaries and then uh went they're converted by yeah. no, that's right that's right yeah. her and her husband yeah were converted by mormon missionaries and, and then, then yeah. went like deep into it he was she was a professor she's a professor mm-hmm. yeah. at uh, byu Right. Oh wow! Tenured Michael mm-hmm. Wilder and Lynn Wilder. Yep, that's her right? husband. Huh? Yep. Doctor Lynn. Seven reasons mm-hmm. why I left the Mormon Church, or seven reasons why we left Mormonism. Right. And you can find her her newest book, Unveiling Grace. It's on Amazon. Um, I've recommended it already a few times to folks. Linked it on Facebook. And we should have that on the website. We, yeah, yeah, yeah we'd that'd be a good idea. There, but yeah. yeah, Unveiling Grace by Lynn. We need to do a Wilder. lot on the website. <laughs> 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 Which is why, if you want to donate to CrossPolitik.com. Yes. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Pass the offering. <laughs> it's offering time. And, and now that we mention it, crosspolitic.com is our website. Uh, of course, you can also pick us up on uh, Facebook and Twitter, too. And if you guys want to connect with us, what is our email address? Do you know? 
Chuck Norris. Uh, oh, we know. Crosspolitic at gmail.com. I'm still, yeah, it's I'm still, politic at gmail.com. There we go. I'm still That's working on Chuck Knox. <laughs> I don't send emails there. I just send emails to you. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Hey, gang, What's going on? <laughs> Stop it. So, but before we get there, we love uh, bringing um, some of our favorite news pieces to you, talking about them, kind of bringing the Christian faith into what's going on behind these crazy news stories. So, we got I got I got some articles. A couple articles for Can you guys I tell you to, that every time he does this, yep. it just makes me so nervous about what we're going to hear. I know, because we don't know. <laughs> I, I, know. I just get... No, we don't know. Who knows? <clears throat> and and neither, so I don't... neither one of us pay attention to the news. <laughs> so yeah, we, don't, no. we don't even no. know what's coming. We're like, what no. happened this week? Well, and some of it, it's like, because you guys don't pay attention, it's hard for you to believe. <laughs> right. It's like, is this, that's true. Is, real, is, it, true. is this Babylon B? Right, right. I don't even know. I think yeah. so. Yeah. 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 No, none of this is Babylon B. We aren't that good. We aren't as good as them. The real world. The real world. Truth is... Stranger than fiction. <laughs> yes. It now is. It officially is. We can't, so, e- we can't even have jokes anymore. This is coming from the Independent in the UK. Okay. Um, and uh, Kim Jong-un. Um, he has banned sarcasm because he can't quite get a sense of if people being ironic or not with him. This is North Korea, right? In North Korea. Kim Jong-un. The North Korea. North Korea. He's, I knew that much. He's banned sarcasm. So it's like, it's like liberal safe spaces. He's just taking a playoff liberal universities. That's all he's doing. That's not, safe, that's not sarcasm safe, either, right? That's safe not, space. No, that's real. That's real. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic. Um, so outlawed. Mocking expressions of fool who cannot see the outside world is said to be circulating in North Korea. <laughs> so um, uh, <laughs> this, this maybe gets me. This is another one of those places where we need to have a picture of Chocolate Knox. Uh, no. It, it can't. It froze it, my head. Yeah. Like, how can you? Okay, I'm going to. Next he's going to ban happiness. Oh, wait. Has he done that already? I think so. If you can, if you can ban sarcasm, right. is that really? Can you even do that? Well, we we are, but he's just it's, taking a, he's just taking a play. He's taking a play from our book from liberal universities who've already created safe spaces. But he's okay. serious, uh, but, and yeah. he's serious. But he's serious. Yeah, yeah. And this is like and, North Korea, and he you, could actually. I mean, you get physically sh- punished. I was gonna say, like, yeah. I mean, you get, you get shot, you mm-hmm. know, for breaking the law in North Korea, mm-hmm. like, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know. We don't know the law in North Korea. Christianity right? is illegal in North Korea. Still, yeah. Right? I'm just yep. thinking if I have to go there, I, you don't. Know. I have to leave sarcasm out of my bag. Yeah, you're dead. I don't know. You should not go. I'm not gonna go. The guy right. didn't want me to go there. No. Unless he wanted me to die there, then I definitely have to go. There, a, few years, but... a few years ago, there was a couple of guys who uh, did. Um, they would sneak Bibles into the. I heard a presentation by guys who, who talked about sneaking Bibles. They're doctors. They go to North Korea and they would they would take Bibles. They'd stuff them under their their tool bags and stuff right, right. and and, uh, and smuggle them in there but there was like like literally like they were taking their hand their lives in their hands and and uh wow to get bibles mm. into north korea and wow we're gonna have to start seeing these stories ahead of time <laughs> so so you can have more comment and not be well, shocked yeah i mean <laughs> being shocked on the radio isn't very entertaining you know it's just the face no. and i don't even know how to compute it it's just i freeze no. like what no right. so even uh, one of the officials, um, I don't know how they get access to these officials, but the the independent did. Uh, one of these officials told people that sarcastic expressions such as "this is all America's fault" would constitute as unacceptable cri- criticisms of the regimen. This is all America's fault. So blaming what's going on in North Korea, saying this is all America's fault, is sarcasm, sarcasm. that's unacceptable in the regimen. Yeah, there you go. 
And it's all America's fault, which like, is, you know. Well, I mean, is that do? sarcasm? <laughs> what do you do? No, I was being truthful. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's not <laughs> yeah. even sarcasm. It's like, you have on a blue shirt. That's true. That's, it's Maybe all America's it's de- fault. It's dependent on your voice inflection, if yeah. they have that in North Korea. Yeah. Do they have that? You were smirking. Yeah. yeah. Stop smirking. North Korean smirk. Stop being happy. So, um, Fox News. Um, you guys have probably heard about this this person. Um, you've probably at least seen some stuff regarding transspeciesism. What you know, transspeciesism is. No. Uh oh. It's 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 um, people who believe that they can um, live like a species that they identify with. I have seen that self identification of <clears throat> a kitty, a dog. Right. Right. Um, oh wow. Right. And this this lady, I, we might even put this picture up on Cross Politic, but this this lady um, identifies as a dragon lady. So you got it. Don't show that. You got to see the picture. Oh, oh my so gracious. She oh. has um, uh, went through plastic surgery to oh, create kind of this. I, I don't even know if she knows. It's not even really a dragon. Pers- it doesn't look like a dragon to me. It looks like a big spider web don't, lady don't. to me. She's in her safe so. space, Gabe. Don't you criticize Transspeciesism that. is a movement and it's coming. It's no, coming. It's, it's actually here. But, safe space. But no, 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 I mean coming in terms of there's got to be some sort of legalization coming around it. Right. If they're going to be consistent, and you can't, you can't discriminate against yeah. it, and you, and you got to protect it and honor so, it. And but we have laws against bestiality, and I'm not how, not sure how that's going to play out. Uh, well, it can't, those laws, I think, are falling right. If you're identifying right as a trans species, right. why why can't you be with a sheep? Mm-hmm. You yeah. Well, right now our laws are. We definitely have laws against bestiality. But I'm a sheep. So. <laughs> right. So the law doesn't apply to me. Yeah. That's right. true. Right, right. right. It's true. Come on now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the logic. Right. Yeah. Thanks, if, civil if, rights if, movement. Oh, I see. Sheep on sheep. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Right. This is this is just this isn't a human thing. You know? This is a sheep thing. <laughs> oh my gracious. <laughs> right. I can if I if, if that's the case. Then, yeah. That right. doesn't apply to you. There, yeah. We we are we have no, there are no breaks. There are mm-hmm. no breaks. Well, in one sense, I'm kind of excited because if I if that starts playing out, then I want to self-identify as whatever team I want to go watch. Like, hey, I'm I'm a Laker. Right, mm-hmm. I self-identify as a Laker. Yeah. Don't I just sit the bench. Right, yeah. Courtside seats. <laughs> Don't discriminate all the time. Don't yeah. discriminate, man. Right. I'm a Laker. Yeah. I'm I a like. Laker. I self-identify I'm... as uh, one of the lower draft picks. One of the lower to make it a little realistic, right? Number one, I'll self-identify as Tony Romo, so we can have a quarterback. I sit the bench on the NBA, so I want two million dollars. I self-identify as a bench sitter. And if you don't, if you don't pay that, I mean, you are discriminating against David. That's right. Against his his identity. That's right. I mean, the Supreme Court ruled this right last year, Obergefell. And since the Supreme Court is God, right. If you, you you cannot you cannot limit what someone feels deeply inside of themselves, what they are, what most identifies them. That, and you know, at what point though, when when you have this much sin that has crowded clear thinking, the God given us what we want, at what point do you does this argument not even resonate with them at all? At, at what point do you just say that you won't even get it? Well, I think you know I, what I mean. Like, I, well, yeah, I think farther the liberals reach on this the better it is for the, the general people who are struggling to kind of, how do I sort through these problems, yeah, I, right? Pa- yeah, Pastor Toby talking about There's overreaching the reductio, here. But right? at what point does playing the reductio not even work? You know, because some, right. some right now it kind of works. Right now playing the reductio works. And they, mm-hmm. if they have to swallow it, they don't like the way it tastes, right? And they're like, ah, I don't like this. And they start falling apart. But it's getting to the point now where 
what do you do when this starts breaking down? The reductio is not working anymore. Right, right. You know, yeah, yeah that's a good point. Uh, got, yeah, it's, we it's, can't we can't run a reductio anymore because it's real. It's there, and everyone swallowed it. A reductio without any gospel leaves no sting. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like your reductio has to be gospel saturated at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. That's the only way that we're going to yeah. break down the. The only yeah. way we're going to well, penetrate is not just with logical thinking. Explain, logical explain thinking. that. Explain that. What, what do you mean? So I, I think a lot of times we'll run, and some people who are not Christians um, will run reductios that are like really good. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. David. He's he's not a Christian. He's against uh, evolution. Oh, he was in Ben Stein's film. A brilliant guy. I love him. Um, I anyway, his name was David because I remember David. But. Okay. Um, Ran I'll take your word for Ran it. Ran reductio on evolution that was just absolutely brilliant. Hmm. But if anything, it didn't leave you with, and God is the one who made heaven and earth. Hmm. Repent. Right? Hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. There's nothing for them to repent of. Right. It just ran the reductio and says, oh, this, this logic doesn't break down. Let me go back to the table and make some right. new logic for my position. But it doesn't completely destroy it and says, look, the reason that you're thinking this way is because you rejected right. the God of the universe. Right. It, it, it Maybe another way to put this, that's, that's helpful, that is so... At the root of of this kind of living is despair. Mm. There's already there's already a, a despair underlying everything. It, it's like the, the you know this is and this is embedded in evolution and so on. But there's no meaning, real deep, transcendent meaning to life. You have to create meaning. You have to create your right, happiness. Right. And so that's why there's this happiness is found in whatever you identify as. So I find my deep happiness in you know being in love with another man or you know with three women or right, or, or, right. or a sheep or a bear, you know whatever it is. Um, Were you gonna say bear? Bear. <laughs> For Texans, it's bears. Uh, we're in Idaho. I don't know. We don't mess around. <laughs> People from Montana. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, trying to identify with our audience. <laughs> trying to reach out. No, but, but if but if it's already built on despair, which is what it is. I mean, if you if you don't have hope that there is meaning and and real deep happiness, that you're already you're already sort of falling down this hill. Yeah. And then you run the reductio. The reductio, in a certain way, is just. Um, just poking them in the eye, right? Right. And it's like, no, it's actually worse than you thought. <laughs> and and they're like, oh, I, you know, I already, I already thought it was um, pretty bad. It was really bad. Yeah. And now you run, the, you know, like, and 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 so it really only comes out as hatred, right? You hater, right? Right. And so, yeah, I think you're right. If there's not a, if there's not a gospel, like, guys, there's hope, right? There's right. actually meaning. It's because otherwise they think you're just rearranging the pieces. You know, like you're rearranging. Re- rearranging the trash right and they're like look it's there's ar- no order anyway it's already a bunch of trash right. and we liked the pieces of trash we had stop messing with our trash right you know and you you brought the smellier stuff to us and we didn't want that it's all it's already trash we you know francis schaefer years ago was the one who f- first you know he's, he said that um that fundamentally you know a, the worldview without god is is a worldview of despair yeah um and I think that's I think that's right. Yeah. I, th- I think, I, but I think that's why the reductives don't work. It's yeah. just you're just a hater, right? Exactly. And and it, like you're saying, you're just rearranging the trash, and you're trying to tell them, no, 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 this isn't trash. This is God's universe. Right. This is God's world, and He has an order the way it's supposed to go. The reason why your way doesn't work is because you're denying the way, the order, the design that God has designed for it to be. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I, I like running the reductio, and I love that. At the same time, I want to make sure that it's so Christ-centered, so Christ-focused, yeah. that we're actually going and getting right at the issue, which is sin, right? Pride, mm-hmm. sin, um, the love of self, and saying, no, 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 you have to repent of that. Right. You need to turn from that in order for this world to work the way you, in some way, you're groping, right? You're, you're trying to figure out how this thing works. You can't escape that. The, the world is round. You're going to try and get to a point where... Um, Hope, love, peace, right? That's what you're hmm. trying to do, but you're trying to do it because you hate the very thing that you need. 
I'm gonna play my I'm playing my music. <laughs> so <laughs> the organ is the organ coming on. I don't have any organ music. <laughs> <laughs> it's so horrible. Like he has got the music over there. I I have this um, atheist friend um, named Damien. Damien, if you're listening, I love you. And we're praying for and, you, Damien. And we're praying for you. I've met Damien. I know Damien. You know Damien. Yeah, he was in town for a he's, while. He's he's a, um, a a a good friend. He really is, and and he he is very engaging. He doesn't yeah. shy away from any any conversation. I really appreciate I that like about Damien. him, and I respect I don't him. I know him yet. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, but he swallows everything, like everything. Everything to him comes down to, well, who can vote to get what they feel is right done? Right. Right. That's what it comes down to. It all comes down to a vote. And, and I've, I've proposed to him again and again. I was like, so if I get enough people against um, anybody named with that, their name starts with the letter D and we can kill them. And we just vote on on okay, we're just gonna kill all people named with D starts with D. We can kill him. And he's like, like Well, David, I guess like yeah, David. Like, like hey, there's nothing against you, <laughs> chocolate knox. <laughs> this is I'm this changing is, my name real quick. This is an illustration. Um He and, actually self identifies as chocolate knox. <laughs> chocolate yeah, knox, that's, that's right. <laughs> and and he says he says, Well, theoretically you could do that. Right. I, and, I like and, guys and, like and he's like, I have no problem. You know, I like So I get like well, my that. point here yeah, is yeah. I get him down to the end of the reductio. Sure. Right. And then I'm like, swallow it. And he swallows it. And then I'm like, now what? Right. Yeah. See, I can now work what? with people like that because you know what I tell them? You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you are, at, and you do not believe. You better stop. You ever seen somebody who's who's joking with you and they're yeah. just like, hey, we, you want to eat this or something that's on the ground and something dirty? And like, yeah, I eat it. And you're playing around with it. Like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't, no, 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 no. You're grabbing it back from them because you say, you're going to kill yourself like that. Yeah. Right. You know, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you're going to die thinking gonna, that way. Yeah. And, and you know, I know you better than yeah. that. You can't believe that. I know what God's put inside of you. I know what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. I know that. And yeah. I know that you don't believe that. And that's when you, it's almost at that point, you start rescuing them from the reductio. You're like, yeah, right. don't eat yeah. this. <laughs> so I like, I like your, I like your point when you say you can't just run them down to the bottom of the hill. You can't just run them off that cliff. You can't just run the reductio. That's you not what we're to, trying to do. You've got to run day. them into Jesus. Into Jesus, yeah, right. Yeah, the reductio right. is to, yeah. to turn them to Christ, right? right? We're using that in the sense like the law to say, hey, this isn't, this isn't the, the standard. Right. And you know that, and you're yeah. rejecting it. And if you continue to think this way, you'll get this. And I know you don't want that. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we're trying to say. So in order not to get this, turn here. Mm. Right? Apologetics 101 from Chalk Knox. And so, and, but I, I watch a lot of people who, because the reductio is such a good tool, they'll use it thinking that's the way I turn them. Yeah. The other side of this, too, yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely. And I think the you other know. side of it is that is, I think um, that, that worldview, someone like Damien, um, they're convinced um, that what they have really is what everyone else has, and everyone else is ultimately just creating their own meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, it, right. You sort of, sort of, you you will to be happy. You will can we jump him. Um, <laughs> he's can, a, can, he's can, in San Francisco. But here's the like, thing. Just... But here's the thing. Ultimately, that's not true. It's not all right. the same. That's right. And and ultimately, the proof, the evidence, is in Christians living a different kind of life. And and when they are struck. Of the glory of God shining out of them, uh, the Holy Spirit shining out of them, right? That's that's, but that's why, like you know, it took three centuries of killing Christians, mm. right? Wow! In yeah. the early church, mm-hmm. Christians, you know, giving their lives up again and again and again, and that, and over three centuries, the Roman Empire is, is ba- basically convinced, yeah. like this this God they worship is a real God. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is true. This is legit. Um, but I think ultimately that's that's how the, the 
the the power of the gospel is displayed in Christians proving through their lives and through their words and through their sacrifice that it's actually not Ooh, it's, that's hitting home. It's yeah. not it's not what the Damians of the world think. Right. Yeah. We're, we're right. not playing a game like he is. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's a different mindset about the kind of Christian that you're talking about there that I am, I'm going to be honest, I'm working to get to. Um, the Christians of old, those kind of Christians that convinced the Roman Empire through their lifestyle, they were willing to die for the same people who were killing them. Yep. Uh, I'm willing to fight against those people, right? Like, I'll fight and I'll struggle. It's it, die, Dying for them? Right. <laughs> right. Right. That's something that I am seriously praying and coming to terms with is like not not that I will, but that I would want to. Yeah. Right. Like that's I want that to be in my heart. Like right. I want to be the one that says at the end of the day, if I have to die to convince them right. of the truth of this and that God uses my life that way, right. that I'm willing to lay down. Boom. Right here. Right now. Right. You know, like that. that's right. something that I mean, not not in a fanta- fantasy way, but in a real way, like right. for you, Lord. Boom. Yep. Woo! That's you talking about some serious. That's tough. Right. We're yeah. willing to do a lot of things. I'll fight for Jesus. I'll stand for Jesus. I'll speak for Jesus. You, you, right. you need to die. Yep. So let me <laughs> let me use that to segue into our our next article because in a lot of ways right now currently um, Christians we're just impotent in how we can affect society, yeah. generally speaking. Yeah. Right. Well, that's because um, <laughs> the next article I have up for you guys. Raise yourself. Oh, no. Texas Christian Universities uh, offers where? Where? TCU. So these uh-huh. are Christian universities. We got a we got a show coming up on universities and um, how about we need to do a show on Texas? And, and, no. <laughs> they falling off. <laughs> game. Oh, this is there's so much to be Repent, said there. Texas. Um, yes, amen, amen. And TCU offers school credit for internship at Planned Parenthood. Oh, local oh, Planned Parenthood. No. Is that unreal? What? What? what yep. uh, you know what? I remember. It's like so. Sharon grew up north Minneapolis. Over North, North High School, yeah. went to North High School. Yeah. They had a Planned Parenthood inside of the school building. No what? way. What? If you, I mean, any sex education, they were the ones doing all that and teaching. What? You go right down to what? the Planned Parenthood and talk with them. So, wow. I mean, while that's shocking. Yeah. Now, mind you, North Minneapolis, guess what? Predominantly black community. Yeah. Guess what they got inside? In the school. In In the school. school. Right. That's awful. It's not targeting anybody. But not just that. But now you're getting credit. (laughs) But but here we got Christian Christian University. So TCU, Baylor. I mean, you think of a lot of these Texas Christian universities. They were solid. I want to know if if an American university is going to give credit uh, to go train with the Taliban. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, come on. You better be careful. That might be coming up, buddy. Diversity. Oh, Oh, man. Coming up next, Lynn, Dr. Lynn Wilder. Yes. And uh, Toby and I sit down with Dr. Lynn Wilder and walk her through her life and her faith. Coming out of Mormonism. Yeah. Crosspolitik.com. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build Him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of the Christian Liberal Arts College, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu forward slash explore. Welcome back to Cross Politic. 
thank you for joining us for this segment. And as, as many of you know, uh, this show is based out of northern Idaho, uh, about 15 hours from Utah. And I, th- I think that this interview is very important to us. This topic is very important to us, partly because of our location. And um, our, our wives, our family, a number of us have Mormon friends here in northern Idaho that we, we genuinely love and we, and we desire them to encounter the triune God of the Bible. Today I have with us um, Dr. Lynn Wilder, uh, who is a mother and author. Uh, uh, she's a former uh, teacher, a professor at BYU, uh, former uh, Mormon for, uh, I believe it was over 28 years. Was that correct, Lynn? 30 years, 30 yeah. 30 years, okay. They have a website called unveilinggrace.com, and there's some really good information up there on the website, along with about an hour-long uh, video uh, um, kind of documentary on how you guys kind of left the Mormon faith and became Christian. So I want our listeners to make sure you guys check out that video. Let's start off uh, this discussion kind of talking about maybe kind of how you, and I believe you and your husband originally, before you guys had children, um, had a Mormon missionary come and knock on your front door, and kind of that's how the story started from there. Absolutely. Mike and I were married three years and um, had both grown up Christian, but I would say nominally Christian. We were not familiar with the Bible, and I could not have articulated to you how one gets saved or the whole Christian story and how it works. Mm-hmm. Mormon missionaries, though, knocked on our door with their little Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint badges, and I was kind of interested in how Lindsay's last days prophecies, <laughs> yeah. and um, literally those young men said they knew all about the latter days, they were the experts, and... Um, they really loved us, and the Mormons are wonderful people. It's a very warm family culture, and um, my husband was teaching at the university at the time, and another professor in his department was, was Mormon, and they brought us into their home, and, you know, all of a sudden we kind of had this status in the community, and we started going to church, and definitely it was a cultural thing for us, um, as it is, I think, for many people, but then they began to teach us doctrine, and we just accepted it as a Christian option. So, so you, you begin the book um, kind of telling us a lot about your son, and um, and then that, that, I think it's the opening chapter, you, you, you know, leading all the way up to his mission, um, he goes away, I think it was to Florida, and and then you get this call from him, and the chapter ends with, you know, it's it's all over. Uh, so so what happened? You know, worthy, righteous, temple recommend holding and, and leadership holding members of the Mormon Church all those years. We had three sons and a daughter. Our three sons did the obligatory two-year Mormon mission. Our first son went to Russia, the second son went to Denmark, and the third son was headed to Mexico City. I just love how this new God works. <laughs> headed to Mexico City, and while he's in the Missionary Training Center in Provo, out of the blue, 
his lung collapses. Nobody can figure out why. Well, uh, of course, then they can't send him to Mexico City, high up in the mountains, where right. yeah. you know, away from good medical care. And Micah ends up going to Florida instead, middle of the Bible Belt, hmm. and here's the gospel of grace for the first time in his life while he's on his Mormon mission. Wow. Three weeks out, he tried to convert his first pastor to Mormonism. Micah was so zealous, so sure that if he could convert pastors, then they would assist him in converting the entire congregation to Mormonism. But what those pastors did, the first one prayed over him and actually uh, said that he would become like Paul one day, a great minister of the gospel of grace, but right now he was kicking against the bricks. Oh, wow. And the second guy um, challenged him to read the Bible as a child, and he read the New Testament a dozen times over the time of his mission. He was actually a leader in his mission until the Holy Spirit completely opened his eyes to the fact that Mormonism was completely incompatible with the gospel that Jesus himself had taught. Are you guys still in touch with those pastors? (laughs) Yes. Yes. The first one's a large African-American Pentecostal former football player who's a dear, dear friend of ours. And the other one has a church around uh, Chicago. Oh, wow. And yes, we've been in touch with them. It's amazing. Uh, you guys are living in Utah. At, at what point, while you are living in Utah, did your son go down to, to Florida? What uh, what was that date? I, oh, 4 to 06. Okay. He went to Florida. And then three weeks before the end of his mission, he went to his knees and uh, gave his life to the biblical Jesus. And then said to the Lord, you so profoundly changed me, what would you have me do now? And uh, literally he says he got up from his knees and the phone rang. This is this funny God that we have now, you know, that thinks something's funny and we don't. (laughs) And uh, Michael was invited by his mission president to stand in front of about 60 or 80 other missionaries and bear testimony of what he learned over the last two years, having been a leader in the mission and um, because it was about to go home and that's a typical thing that they do to encourage the new younger missionaries that just came out right right well he said it was like standing on the edge of a diving board either this god's real or he's not um and Either he'll catch me or, you know, (laughs) or he's not real. And so he stands and bears testimony of things like, I read in the Bible there's only one mediator between man and God, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. I don't think I need a prophet, (laughs) you know, in order to be saved. I don't think I need an organization, you know, it says I'm saved through faith, grace alone, faith alone. He had figured that out from reading the New Testament. Uh, a dozen times and literally didn't have any Christians to ask questions to. Wow. Right. So it was a profound experience. He um, he stood in front of them, bore testimony, said that he had read in Isaiah 53, I think it is, 53.10, where it says that when he 
when he pays uh, for your sin, he sees his offspring. And he said, that's how I knew when he hung on the cross, he saw me when he paid for my sin. And he bears this very, you know, weeping, heartfelt testimony to these missionaries. He called me, gave me a little bit of a heads up, although he didn't tell us at that point that he'd stood in front of all those missionaries and professed <laughs> biblical Christianity that uh, may not have gone over. Uh, we were so confused. Milk, milk and we before couldn't me. figure out <laughs> why he was in so much trouble. Yeah. Now, um, through this process, uh, your, your son starts getting, challenging you guys to read the New Testament scriptures, and over a period of time, uh, you and your husband become Christians. That is how it went. He kept begging us to promise to read the New Testament. I think he knew that if we did, he just assumed God would do the same thing for us, right? It was so clear to him at some point, so uh. surely God would make it clear to us. We agreed to, although, of course, we didn't trust the Bible. That was what we were taught in Mormonism. Right. Um, this is funny. I actually went to the Book of Mormon first, because I'm going to read those red-letter words of Jesus, right? right? They're not actually read in the Book of Mormon, but I'm thinking, okay, I want to hear what exactly Jesus says, because Book of Mormon is the most correct book on the earth. Yep. I realize that Jesus' direct words are only in one little section of Third Nephi, right. and it actually it's copied right out of the Bible. It's the Beatitudes. Okay. Wow. So my brain goes, I guess I'm going to have to go to the New Testament <laughs> if I want to hear the words of Christ, and that was. That was it, you know. First thing I read, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. Wait a minute, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If Jesus was God from the beginning, he can't have worked his way to Godhood, you know. It was as if the Spirit just opened my eyes, and it took me ten months. What are some of the basic doctrinal differences that that Christians really ought to be in a position to say, well, no, that's not true, and here's why. Well, if you're trying to teach them the gospel of grace, being direct is not going to work with Mormons, and we can talk about, talk about that when we talk about witnessing. Right. But some of the main differences are the nature of God. Um, you have a Trinitarian Godhead in biblical Christianity. In Mormonism, you have polytheism, three separate gods, and God the Father and Jesus have glorified bodies of flesh and bone, which, according to Mormonism, limits them to a material place and time, so they can't be all places, they can't hear all prayers, they have to eat and sleep, hmm. um, that kind of thing, that's very different from the nature of God in the Bible. The atonement that Jesus made, um, mo many Mormon prophets taught that that happened in the garden when he sweat great drops of blood. Right. Wonderful passage in John where um, when the soldiers come to get Jesus when he's praying in the garden, you know, he says, shall I not drink the cup? He's talking to Peter. In other words, I have not yet taken the cup that right. the Father sent me to take. Right. So obviously it didn't happen. The atonement didn't happen on the cross. They uh, do not believe the atonement happened on the cross, and they also believe that there are some unforgivable sins, so it was a limited atonement that happened on the cross. 
Um, they teach a different way to eternal life in order to live with Heavenly Father in the next life. You have to earn your way to the temple, and then you have to do good works till the end of your life. Um, Mormonism has added additional scripture and doctrines. They have taught that the Bible can't be trusted. They do not revere the cross. I was not allowed to have one at BYU when I got saved. I bought one, took my Mormon temple garments off, and wore my, wore my cross underneath my clothes. When you get to the part in the book, there's a wonderful story about what happened when I lost my cross one time on campus. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, Mormonism um, is, you know, works-based uh, Christianity. It's all about the grace of what Jesus has done for us. There's no ex nihilo creation in Mormonism. Matter has always existed, and so oh. God just reorganized it. Yeah. God can't breathe and just create things, which makes him a smaller God to me. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the major differences. What's the best approach to ministering to to Mormons? Well, you know, first you have to learn to love somebody, and so I think, for me, the best way to do that is to pray for them for an extended period of time and to develop a relationship with them and to get to know them, which means less of your talking and lots of their talking, and Mormons are more than happy to talk to you about their faith. So you could ask, so tell me about your temples. Tell me why you have temples. You know, and then just very innocently, you can say, okay, so your temples are the same as in the Old Testament, so you do sacrifice, right? Oh, no, we don't do animal sacrifice. Oh, okay, so what would be the same about your temples and their temples, and what would be the different? You know, Mormons often haven't thought these things through, hmm. and so I think just presenting Scripture and certainly opening the Bible and having them read a certain passage um, let me give you an example. I met with some sister missionaries on campus. I'm now at a university here in Florida a couple of months ago, and she was talking about this great apostasy. When the Twelve Apostles died, the Church went into a great apostasy, and it didn't come back till Joseph Smith brought it back in 1830, you know. And I pulled out Matthew 16:18. And, and I said, you're really confusing me because of what Jesus himself said in the Bible. So, of course, I asked her to read it, and she's reading, On this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Right? And so I'm asking, so if the gates of hell... So Jesus himself said he'd build his church, and the gates of hell won't prevail. So so how could there have been a great apostasy? And literally, I didn't even have to explain it to her. You could see it when she was reading the scripture. She just got red. And you could just see the red go from, you know, one wow. end of her. And she was so embarrassed and had no idea. And to me, that's conviction. That's what the Holy Spirit can do through the word. 
I could pound at her that idea all day long, but she's not going to listen to me because I'm not a Mormon. I'm a Christian, and right. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. But right there, you have the words of Jesus. And so, I mean, that's literally what Micah was faced with and what we were faced with. Are you going to believe what the Mormon Church has taught you? Or are you going to believe the exact words of Jesus right out of the Bible? And that's a real conundrum. And there are lots of those. Like, I got to Acts 17.24, God doesn't live in temples made by human hands. And I'm just going, what? <laughs> what? I worked in the temple, my husband and I, for 10 years in Chicago. <laughs> oh, wow. I did 20 years of genealogy. And then you have to decide, wow, Lord, are you telling me I wasted my time doing something that was not a needed work for salvation, huh. you know? Those are powerful, and that's the power of the Word. And, of course, the Lord promises us the Word doesn't return void. Hmm. So I would say definitely use the Word, but if you use it too hard-hitting and too directly and without the kindness in the relationship, um, they'll not come back for more. <laughs> what, what do you say to somebody, um, one, you know, one of the really really neat and powerful things about uh, your guys' testimony is how the Lord led your whole family uh, out together. Um, and, I, and I imagine, as, as you've noted, as you, as you talk about in your book, you know, the, one of the attractions of Mormonism is, is the closeness and the, the family and the community and so on. And, and so, you know, certainly I imagine one of the um, one of the great fears of even considering Christianity or, you know, of leaving Mormonism is the fear of leaving all that community and family behind. What, you know, what, what do you, what do you tell Mormons faced with that? Uh, what, what, what do you tell them or what, 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 what should Christians tell them who, you know, know that that's a, you know, the stakes are high. What would you say? What do you say to them? Micah said, actually, um, when he was considering, Going into this inquisition with his leader, God led him to Matthew 19, I think it is, where it says, anyone who, who leaves father or mother um, lands or homes for my sake will receive eternal life in a hundredfold or something, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You really do have to make the choice of Jesus above everything. In mm. fact, while my family, my beautiful eternal family now is completely ripped apart some christians some mormons everybody having different opinions hmm. um we went through probably five years of hell hmm. and the only place i had to go was to jesus and to the word and i thank god for that experience because i had to choose him over anything else regardless of circumstances that swirl around you. And what happens when you've been a Christian at a time for a time and you walk with the Lord, you realize He reconciles, He makes things right, He blesses, not always the way you think it needs to be, but He is worth walking with. He can do these supernatural, amazing, personal Things when you have this relationship and He is your Lord and the Word is your authority. 
literally when I knew I couldn't go back to BYU, I did not have another job, but we still had kids in college and felt like I needed to work. And so um, my phone rings one afternoon in Alpine, Utah, and the woman on the other end says, I'm the dean of the College of Ed at Florida Gulf Coast University. I have your Vita in front of me, and I'd like to offer you a job. Wow. <laughs> I fall to my knees. I had not applied there. Wow. And I'm saying to God, you can get me a job I didn't even apply for. And so once you realize how big this God is, how he can answer prayer, how your life changes and your thinking changes and your relationships change, then that family forever stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. Besides, I had a huge aha moment. Wait a minute. The family of God is a heck of a lot bigger yeah. than yeah. some little right. self-contained, you know, family that right. I think I'm going to have in the next life. Yeah. Wow, that's so neat. Welcome to the One Minute Apologist. Apologist. If you had one minute to be able to unpack for the audience, we interview the world's leading apologists to provide credible answers to curious questions. Dr. Geiser, do all religions lead to God? All religions don't lead to God for one simple reason. They teach opposite things and opposites can't be true. Uh, Muhammad taught that there's only one person in God, and Christianity says there's three persons in God. They can't both be true. You know, the Bhagavad Gita can't be the Word of God, and the Bible, the Word of God. They teach opposite uh, beliefs, and the Book of Mormon can't be the Word of God, and the Bible, the Word of God, because they have opposite beliefs. There's only one God, not many uh, gods. So if they all taught the same thing, uh, one, they'd be one religion, but the fact that they teach opposites, there are many religions, and opposites can't both be true. And they're on essential doctrines, not just uh, trivial little things. How do you tell a counterfeit? You tell a counterfeit not by its superficial similarities, but by its crucial differences. You don't tell a counterfeit $20 bill because it says 20 it's on paper, it's rectangular. Uh, it has some crucial differences than a, a real $20 bill. So we tell counterfeits not by superficial similarities, but by crucial differences. Superficial to say, we believe in God, we believe in Jesus. Yeah, which Jesus, which God? Crucial differences are their opposite beliefs about God. Hey! Uh, I love that part. Yeah. That, that sounds like a Clint Hughes riff right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it surrounded does, by it? charismatics. You better believe it. <laughs> we're, we're raising our hands. Welcome back to Cross Politic. I hope you just enjoyed that interview with Lynn Wilder. Um, Gabriel and I were really blessed by that conversation with her. She's yes, we were. a really, really sweet woman and just a glory to hear about God's work in her life, her family. Mm. Um, I hope you were encouraged by that. We live in North Idaho. And uh, North Idaho, well, Idaho. Not, not Texas, North uh, Idaho. Get that right, Gabe. That's, I, you said that for yourself, yep. didn't you? Yeah. The redheaded stepchild of Texas, uh, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, Idaho's right above Utah, Salt Lake City. 
uh, capital of uh, Mormonism. And so uh, we've got a number of Mormon, uh, I don't know what you call them, churches, temples, tabernacles. Words. Words. Yes. Words. Yes, in, right. in town here. A uh, number of Mormon friends and neighbors. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a lot of interaction here with with them. Uh, they're uh, they're active. And, uh, you know, we... Uh, I'm on the blacklist, by the way, now. Are you? They don't come yeah, to your house? Yeah, no. They, they tried twice. Yeah. Didn't work out so well. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we love. I mean, this is this is one of the the things that Jesus has called us to in ministering in this particular area is um, yeah. is interacting with these um, these friends, these neighbors. We yeah. love them. Yep. Um, we want to see them come to know Jesus, and this is one of the reasons why we've um, kicked off this podcast. Uh, you know, this is our our third episode. Um, and we wanted to jump right into this because it's a local concern. Um, people in our churches and um, are are regularly coming in contact with. You know, you got the yeah. you got the missionaries coming. Uh, I actually had a couple of missionaries in uh, at Trinity this last spring. Come to come to y'all's. They church? came to Trinity. No yeah. way. Yeah, they ducked out before communion, but they were there for the sermon. Yeah, uh, I think they were invited by a couple of students uh, at Trinity. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, notice the question in that awesome. <laughs> that, that was sarcasm. Hey, whenever Kim Jong Un sarcasm. But you, you want you want Mormons that don't feel comfortable enough to stay. That's good. No, no, it was good. So hey, so just as a side note, when yeah. the, when when Mormons come in, do you do you feel the need to kind of start tailoring, or you, you kind of feel like, oh, I I got them here. It's time to get you, you know, know <laughs> time to year, dig in. years ago, years ago. Um, you know, early on in my my preaching, I mean, I've only been preaching for ten years. When I was a youngster, but, I, when, <laughs> but ten years back ago, back in the day, back in the day, no, you know, you always, yeah, you do feel tempted to like, oh, so and so was in church today, right? Or right. you know, and you, you you do sermon prep, and then, but just you know, God really quickly, you know, just shuts you down. I think, and you realize like, you need to go in and you need to preach the word faithfully, yeah, and let God sort it out. Yep. And if yep. you're preaching the gospel faithfully. You know, because you go in there and you'd be like, oh, I should have, you know, I didn't tailor this sermon the right way for the people that are here. And then you find out afterwards that it was exactly what they needed to hear. <laughs> or the opposite happens. You try to tailor it and, and right. it's sort of like a flop. I didn't really get it. And Yeah, right. Yeah. You're like, just yeah. stop, stop. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, pray yeah. hard, love Jesus, preach. Amen. And yeah. let, let the Holy Spirit do his thing. Anyway, yeah. but go so, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I wanted to, one of the things, so we want to talk about. Um, a little bit more. We, we heard Lynn's story and um, and the story of her son and, and family. Um, I want to talk. We want to talk in this segment a little bit more about just the differences between Mormonism and Christianity. Yes. Um, why it matters. One of the common things you hear is you'll talk to a Mormon and they'll say, "Hey, we're Christian too." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, one of our one of our favorite stories. My wife and I, um, when she was at University of Idaho years ago. Back in, I don't know, back in the day. Um, she had a, a friend that she studied with um, that was Mormon. Um, and this is before you guys had kids. Before we had kids? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know this story? <laughs> <laughs> I feel well, left out. Okay, go ahead. She was studying no, at University Gabe, of Idaho. Gabe, no, yeah. well, this is a different, actually, this is a slightly different story. I'm going to tell two stories. Oh. So, I, I didn't even tell this me. one. You got Th- me. This is a, a woman that she was um, she would study with sometimes, and uh, she knew she was Mormon, and, and, and Jenny kind of just braced herself. She knew, like, at some point, there was probably going to be a, a talk. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, they were studying from an exam one time, and, and, the, and the, it came up. And and the and the girl said, "Well, you, you know, you're Christian, and, and we're Christians too, and, and you know, basically we believe all the same." He said, "Do you believe in Jesus? Well, we believe in Jesus, and you believe in grace. We believe in grace. Do you, you believe in we believe in the Bible too." Yeah, right, right, right. And, and, the, and so and so, Jen just started asking. She says, "Well, you know, what do you mean by Jesus? And what do you, what do you mean by the Bible? And what do you mean by grace? And what do you mean?" And and they talked for about an hour. And she and Jenny said it was interesting. She just asked questions. Jenny just asked yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. And she said at the end of the hour. She said, the other girl said, well, basically, you and I don't believe anything the same at all. 
Mm-hmm. She, she said yes. that, and Jenny said, yeah. and, and Jenny said, yeah. Well, you know, that's okay. You know, that's that's the difference between Christianity and Mormonism. Right. And but it was, I think it was. She didn't like go on the offensive much at all, but she's asked a lot of questions. And by the end of the conversation, the the, the girl was like, oh wow, we don't we don't believe the same thing at all. And I think yeah. that in itself is sort of a first step in saying these are different religions. Right. right. They're not the, they're not the same. Mormonism is not Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, here's the other story. Can I tell the other yes. story? Or do you want to one, say One something? more story. No, no, we'll go ahead and tell uh, the other story because I want to get in this to the apologetic side of things. I know. So this, this will roll right into it. So um, one of my favorite stories, um, uh, preaching on campus. Uh, you know, you go up on campus. I, thought, I think I told you this, this is before. You know, it's, I'm always like, uh, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, like, the Holy Spirit is dragging me like, you know, like he drags, you know, Ezekiel all over the place. Uh, he, you know, drags me on, you know, I'm like, all right. And you go up there and, you know, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's a big crowd sometimes you know there's there's people that are argumentative and raucous and it's kind of exciting and, you have fun. and sometimes you go up there and you preach and just no one gives you the time of the day right you know yeah. you're preaching to the smokers <laughs> now, thank god for smokers <laughs> yes yes they have no choice thank, to listen to you and you have no choice yeah, because you're there yeah. thank god for smokers hey pastor yeah. good job <laughs> <laughs> love the word man <laughs> Hey, I'll be here next week. Okay, see you then. <laughs> but you're happy for them because somebody's oh, listening. Somebody's listening. You're like, all right, God, please right. do something with this. Well, it's one of those days, and it's kind of cold out, and you're like, I don't know. This is probably a bad idea. No one's listening, just the smokers. And I preached for a little while. Actually, um, my buddy uh, Ryan was up there with me, and, and actually sometimes we go up, and he, just, he actually asks questions. So he'll actually start. He'll be like, hey, what about this? Oh, uh, you have a man in the crowd, right? Well, we identify. Uh, <laughs> you say, this is my buddy Ryan, and he's going to ask some questions that maybe you're thinking. Oh, so, nice. So we, okay. say, so we know we're not playing games. I would have put a plant there. I, <laughs> I want the crowd. So, like, hey, man, look, start heckling a little bit. But, no, no, okay, no, no. way to go. Okay. So I, I identify him. He's my friend. He's a Christian, and he's going to ask some questions. Nice. And so, so we he, we did that for a bit. But there's like like three people listening. Mm. This one girl comes up, and she sits down, and she's listening. And I finish up, and I say, hey, I'm, I'm Toby. I'm one of the pastors of Trinity, and I'm going to hang out for a little while. And if you have any questions, feel free to come up. And she comes up to me right afterwards, walks right up. She says, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, I've got... I've got a lot of questions. And I said, okay. And she says, well, about two or three weeks ago, uh, some Mormon missionaries came to my door and knocked on the door and um, they gave me a Bible and they said, would you please read this Bible? And would you, would you, would you pray? And would you ask God um, if you should follow Jesus? And she said, okay. And so she took the Bible and she started reading a little bit and she started praying and she said, I, you know, I kind of felt like, okay, I, w- I want to learn more about this Jesus person. And they come back a week later and they give her a book of Mormon and they say, good, now that's the beginning. Now you need to start, now you need to pray this time and ask God if you should follow Joseph Smith, mm. the prophet. Little devil. Mm. Joseph Smith. She says she took the Book of Mormon and she said, for, she told me, she said, I felt kind of weird. I don't know why exactly. She said, I don't, I don't really know anything about this. But finally, um, this morning, she said, as I was getting up, I, I prayed and I said, okay, God, if I'm supposed to follow the teachings of Joseph Smith, um, you know, would you please help me know? And she said, I, you know, got dressed, got my stuff together and I came up here on campus and I heard you preaching. Oh. So uh, can you tell me, uh, should I follow the teachings of Joseph Smith? Right. You know, it's like one of those moments like where you're just like, you're like, okay, God, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry that I didn't think this was a good idea to be here. You know, yeah. I, like, yeah. I'm sorry I doubted you. Like, you know, this, yeah. it, it would have been worth it if there was this, only this one person. Yep. And, and so, and I, and so really, really quickly, we're kind of on the spot. You'd be like, so what's, why should she not follow the teachings of Joseph Smith? And I said, basically, I said, fundamentally, the difference is our understanding of what it means to walk with God, to be saved by God, to be forgiven by God, to know God. And I said, they're fundamentally different ways. 
Um, and it all comes down to who Jesus is. Amen. Right. Okay. If Jesus They're fundamentally different gods and different ways. Right. 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 So yeah. if it, and it comes down to who yeah. Jesus is because right. the kind of Jesus you serve is going to shape the kind of salvation you have. Right. Woo! Amen. Okay. Amen. Well, and, and, now. Yeah. So if Jesus is God, yeah. is the eternal God, become man, then then God has come down all the way to us right. in our sin, in our brokenness, and he's saved us. Mm. Right. And he is the one who is restoring us to himself. And therefore, it's all grace. Right. All grace. It's all free. It's all free gift. He comes down all the way to us. Now, if Jesus is not God, if he is a good man becoming God, mm-hmm. as the Mormon mm-hmm. church teaches, yep. um, then, then, then Jesus is not reconciling us to our God, to the God who made us and the God that we've sinned and rebelled against. Rather, he's trying to lift us up. And that means that you've got to add to that. Mm-hmm. Mm. You, you got to try harder. You got to be better. You got to do better. Yes. You got to yes. be righteous. You got to be yeah. good enough. You have, you have someone to follow, but right. you, you, you got to follow. You got to add. Exactly. To, right. And that's a, and that's, and so they will say, we believe in grace. <laughs> yeah. They believe. And what they mean by that is Jesus sort of helps you. He, he encourages you. Maybe he cheers you on. He shows you, sets you an example. Right. But, but I, I said, fundamentally, it's the yeah. difference between God coming down and rescuing us from a, mm-hmm. a position of helplessness and lostness mm. and taking us back to himself, or you are trying to become um, something. You're struggling to become good. Right. You're struggling to become righteous and perfect and so on. And hopefully you'll make it, but we don't know for sure. And right, I said, right. I said that's the fundamental difference. And, and, she, and this girl looked at me and she said, I, I, want, I, want, I want God, I want, I want the one where Jesus comes and saves me. Stop. And I don't, have to, I don't have to add to it. And, uh, and one of their- uh, Hold on. Um, give me a second, man. I need to process that. Woo, glory. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, think about that for a second. I mean, look at God putting somebody right in your way. I know. Right? Like, okay, anyway, I'm good. I almost had a moment. I yeah, had a moment. No, you yeah. didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. It's, no, but it's glory. I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite stories of, you know, you, you say, you know, is it worth it to preach on campus? And, and, you, know, and you, ba- you later baptized her. Yeah, and, and she was No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, but. So, I, I want to back up here um, a little bit because I, I think there's been some confusion over this last. I think the Mormon Church has actually created some confusion over this last ten. I was, yeah, I was thinking years, exactly, right? yeah, absolutely. Because for the longest time, Mormons were distinctively not Christians. That's right. Joseph Smith started the religion as a counter to right. Mormon to Christian apostasy. Right. Right, Christians were apostasizing. <laughs> Look at the irony. They were satanic. <laughs> right. That's the irony right. for you right uh, there? Right, right. <laughs> and I think a, a very helpful way to illustrate um, kind of basically what you were getting at, um, that, okay, um, G- our Jesus is different than how they're talking about. They're defining their Jesus differently. Um, I've had this, uh, I've used this illustration again and again when I talk to Mormons, and I think um, – uh, because they both, we both use the term God. We both use the right, term right. Jesus. We both right. use the term grace. It's all all the same. But if you think about it, it's like two people start standing in a parking lot, and two hundred feet away or three hundred feet away, there's two trucks out there. In fact, they almost look like one at the very beginning, right? They're, they're so far away. There's okay. two trucks parked next to each other, and they, they look like one. Okay. And and I say, um, oh look, it's it's blue. And me and let's say me and Toby are standing there, and. And you call Toby, me a Mormon. Toby says no. <laughs> you can be whoever you want in okay, the story. Right, okay. <laughs> um, and, and Toby says it's red. And then we start walking closer, and then we realize, okay, there's actually um, two different uh, trucks. Two different trucks. Yeah. And then I say, um, oh, I see a Chevy. And you say, oh, I see a Ford. 
and then we walk, walk closer and I see a, you know, a, a half ton and full ton and so forth. And the closer we get, we finally realize we've actually been talking about two different trucks this whole time. One's a Ford. You can one's tell the Gabriel's from uh, Texas because he uses yeah, he's a, yeah, Ford, yeah, Ford and Chevy. <laughs> Ford and Chevy, <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Leave it to a Texan Ford, to talk about this analogy as a truck. <laughs> but, that's, but, uh, but that's usually when I first start talking to Mormons, that's what's happening, right? right. right. Yeah. It's like we're both talking about Jesus. And then as we walk closer to who we're actually talking about, we realize, okay, we are right. talking about and one of the things gods. I think it's helpful to point out is so so basically uh, Mormonism is Arianism, yeah, right. right. So Arianism, yeah, break that down. That's good. That's Arianism, good. polytheism, well, polytheistic yeah, Arian, I mean, there's, Arianism. There's, there's right. other other things, yeah. but so Arius was a pastor in uh, in North Africa in um, the I don't know late third century, early fourth century, right. who taught that Jesus that he denied. Uh, denied that, that Jesus denied. was right. God. Right. Yeah, and this is this is the guy that Athanasius stood against mm-hmm. and for a time um, many of the christian leaders in the world sided with arius and said that jesus was a created being um i mean it's a it's a it's a mormonism is a variation on this mm-hmm. um, they would yeah. say that, that that jesus was is a man who became god right and um and you too as a human being can become a god and so forth um, but he, but it's, it amounts to the same kind of thing, and so Athanasius and what came out of it was the Nicene Creed, yep. um, which affirms that that Jesus is um, a, a begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light, light of light, lights. very God of very God. So yeah. uh, begotten, not made, yep. um, and of one substance with the Father. Mm-hmm. But there's one God, and this is the beginning of defining the doctrine of the Trinity. Yeah. But they did this. Uh, my, my patristics professor. I'm gonna shout out to uh, Donald Fairbairn. Grab yeah, Donald Erskine, ah! right? Yeah, he's at Erskine. Gordon, Gordon Conwell now. Okay, but uh, Donald Fairbairn get his stuff on the early church uh, fathers. But he he told me he said the way that the early church fathers argued was they they argued from salvation to God and from God back to salvation. And they said mm. if we're dead in our sins, what must salvation be? Mm. If we can't get to God. Yeah, yeah, we can't get to. We can't become God. We can't get there. Yeah, we're we're fallen. We're, we're dead. made. We're made by Him. Right. right, and we're and we're dead in our sins. Right. Mm-hmm. What what can you do? You, you without me, you can do nothing. Jesus says. Yeah. You know, your righteousness is filthy rags. Yep. You're lost. You're dead. And if we're honest with ourselves, we all know that's true. Yeah. So what must God do to save us? He must come to us. Preach, preacher. Emmanuel. Yeah. God right. must become with us. Mm. And so the eternal God. Uh, sent his eternal son into the world John to become one, one. to on. become one of us. Yeah. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Um, and so Jesus must be the eternal God come to save us. Otherwise, we're still lost in our sins. If Jesus is just a good guy, then we have no certainty that we can ever overcome our sins and get out of this grave. So so most, most people right now, I, I think um, a lot of people listening have some sort of concept of what Mormonism is. Right, but th- let's let's holy bring, underwear. Uh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. Well, way to take it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, so, but, but but let's put let's put it into practical application for a second. I'm at home, just ordered some pizza, and ding dong, the door opens up. <laughs> I'm gonna try my best to play a Mormon missionary. I'm not very good, but yeah. I'll try. You guys, yeah. okay. And you think it's the pizza guy? Yeah. Coming to give you your pizza. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Yep. Come downstairs. Hello, hi, my name is Elder David. I want to tell you about the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm a Mormon, and I want to share with you how you can have your best, most fulfilled life with Jesus. 
How do you respond? <laughs> <laughs> where do you where do you start? So here, yeah. so, where, where's the pizza? So uh, so here's what I want. I want to give you this Book of Mormon, right? Uh-huh. And I want you to read it, and I right. want you to ask God to reveal this truth to you. Yeah. And Heavenly Father will give you yeah. this warm sensation yeah. inside your heart that you will know for sure, burning in your bosom. Yeah. And I, I would say I would say you know probably since it's dinner time I'm saying hey man hey guys thanks for coming by yeah um, I would love a chance to talk with you sometime um, can we set up a time and. I'd be willing to take your Book of Mormon. Um, I'd be willing to read it. Um, would you also be willing um, to read the Bible with me? I'm a Christian. Oh, uh, so am I. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> I think we actually have some fundamental differences. Oh, no, we absolutely believe the same thing. But uh, we, we just have a fuller revelation right, of, right. of the truth of the word. My kids are waiting at the dinner table. Pull the pizza card. I love, I love how Chocolate Knox <laughs> dominates this conversation. Yeah, look, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no, look. Look, man, I know you pay your pizza's coming. And here, I'll pay for your pizza okay, really, as long as okay, you continue this okay, conversation with me because okay. I, I really want to. When the pizza gets here, though, we got to. Oh, run. totally. And yeah. We'll, and we'll set this up and we'll follow up. <laughs> yeah. But, so, um, fundamentally, you know, the, the Bible says, the Bible says um, that, um, that Jesus is the Word, the eternal Word, begotten of the Father before all worlds. <laughs> he is. He, he is he is the word become flesh and dwelt among us. And Jesus says that if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. He says, I, at one point, even one of the disciples, I think it's uh, Thomas, because, you know, he's always, this, you know, he's a funny disciple. So like, he says, show us the Father and it will be enough for us. Yes. And Jesus says, have I been with you so long? Do you not know that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And we are one. Um, well, Jesus is... The revelation of the Father. He is the one eternal God. Um, that's different than what Mormonism teaches. And, and ultimately, that's what well, God, that's Jesus because... killed, was that he claimed to be God. He claimed right. to be one right. with the Father. Right. That's why he got killed. He, said, well, he, said he before... didn't get killed because he's, he claimed, I'm going to be coming to God after this. Right. Well, right. actually, that's right. exactly why he got killed. And if you guys knew that the Bible was corrupted... Um, you guys would know that the Book of Mormon teaches that he had to die in order for people to be saved for him to have his own uh, world. His own planet. His own planet. So mm-hmm. if you actually um, would see that your Bible has been corrupted. Glad you brought that up. Um, then you you would know that the Book of Mormon teaches the right, the true scriptures. Uh, the, because How do you know the Book of Mormon hasn't been corrupted? Uh, because we have the prophet Joseph Smith who God showed But even more, even, even more fundamentally than that, and our boy Jeff over at Apologia, he hammers. Oh, I'm so this. glad you he said that. hammers. You know what? This, so right? we're about to wrap up, but I think it's really good to leave with that. Okay. Jeff Durbin, Durbin. Mm-hmm. at Apologia Radio mm-hmm. does a wonderful job of reaching out to Mormons and, and preaching the gospel them. to them. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. ultimately, it, nothing is going to penetrate. This is the whole point of this show. If we can say anything else, nothing is going to penetrate better than the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached over and over and as clear right. and as Forgiveness of as sins. Forgiveness of sins, security of salvation. Do it. Let me roll out with this Bible verse. Yeah. Isaiah 43.10, before me there were, was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. That's the fundamental there's distinction. There's no other gods. There. There's no, no other gods. gods. So there's no they, they the Mormons believe that there's a council of gods that set up Mormonism, yep. right? Yep. That set up uh, the, the that created the world, council of gods that govern the world, and that there's gods before that, and that Jesus became a god, and there's gods after that. Right. Eternity of gods. Before right. me, there was no god, mm. and That's after separate. me, there and, and that but that means though then what we're, what we're up against is 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 life, death, meaning of life, and so on is all about struggle. It's all about um, uh, exerting yourself. It's trying to become a god. It's trying to compete with the other gods. Yes. 
Um, it's trying to find meaning, make meaning, and so on. And maybe the gods will help you. Maybe the gods will cheer you on. Yeah. But you are fundamentally, you got to make your life. You got you to gotta make it mean. Uh, yeah. You got to make it happy. You got to make it. And there's no salvation. Right. There is no that, that, salvation. That's, that is salvation. That is salvation. In, in more, and, right. at which, but, but Christianity teaches um, that we are dead in our sins. We are lost. We, we've broken the law of God. We can't fix ourselves. We need God to come save us, to come rescue us. And that's the message of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's just a side note. If you ever sit down or if you ever have a Mormon come to your door, or you see him on the street, they come up to you. Take as many Book of Mormons as you possibly can off their hands. <laughs> that is the rule. Every time you get as many, let me get some more, man. Oh, I love to disturb these. And you take them off their hands. That's my job. So so Jeff Durbin from Apology Radio. Got yeah. some great videos, right? Uh, this is videos. This is, yeah, great videos of Mormonism. Yeah. Go whatever, to their, the subscribe to their um, YouTube channel. I, I want to just leave with this four-minute yep. gospel presentation of Mormons. It's okay. super awesome, guys. Crosspolitik.com. Go ahead, Pastor. Lynn Wilder, Unveiling Grace. Yes. The story of how we found our way out of the Mormon church. Can't recommend it more highly. Also, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, Quick Guide to Doctrinal Differences Between Mormonism and the Biblical Word of God by Michael and Dr. Lynn Wilder. And we have a free copy to give away. Ooh. If anybody emails us, the first person to email us, <laughs> we aren't counting, the first person to email us your address, we will send you a free copy that, just desperate. of say, Unveiling <laughs> if Grace. If anybody emails us, please. I think we should say the, <laughs> I, I the 5,000 person <laughs> email us. If you are lucky, 5,000. It goes to yeah. number one. Just anybody, please. I'll, I'll randomly select an email. Gabe is sitting there with address. his Gmail, like, refresh, yep. refresh, uh, refresh. Yep. Come on, hey somebody. Guys, enjoy this clip from Jeff Durbin, Apologia. Thank you for listening to Cross Politic. Mormons often say, but we're Christian too. I mean, why don't you just leave us alone? We're just another denomination. We're, I mean, it's in our name, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's not about Mormon underwear. It's not about coffee and tea and tobacco products and those sorts of things. It's really more foundational. It's a question of what God do you worship? Who is God? And how do I come to know God? Mormonism at the very beginning began with a lie. And the lie was that Heavenly Father came to Joseph Smith and told him to join none of the churches for they were all wrong. All their creeds were an abomination. All their professors, that's the Christians, were all corrupted. They draw near to God with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. And Joseph told the world that God had told him that the Christian church had fallen away and it needed to be restored. And that's just, it's just a lie. It's a lie because 2,000 years before Joseph came along with this revelation, God had already said that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Jude verse 3, we're told to earnestly contend for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. The promise in the Old Testament was that the Messiah would come and he would have a kingdom that would never be destroyed, ever. Daniel chapter 7 verses 13 through 14 and Jesus came and he said that he brought that kingdom. John the Baptist said that that kingdom was at the fingertip reach. It was right there at hand. The Bible says that the Messiah has been seated on his throne. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He brought the kingdom and so Joseph is just 2,000 years too late. It really is about God. It really is about the gospel. You see, the Bible says in Isaiah 43.10, Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. In Isaiah 44.6, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. 
God says in Isaiah 44, 8, Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other God. I know not one. And Joseph came with a revelation in the King Follett discourse. He said this, We've imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will take away that idea and take away that and do away the veil so that you may see. He says, you've got to learn to become gods yourselves the same way all gods have done before you. This goes against everything the Bible says about who God is. He's the only God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Shema Yisrael Yahweh Eloheinu Yahweh Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There is only one God. The Bible teaches that plainly. And yet the Bible teaches plainly there is only one God and he eternally exists as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word, and he's talking about Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And it says in John chapter one that Jesus created everything in existence and without him, nothing's come into being that came into being. That Jesus is God who took on flesh. John chapter one, verse 14. God took on flesh and he tabernacled among us, the one and only true and living God in the person of Jesus Christ, the creator of all things, came into his own creation and took on flesh. He is not created. He is not the spirit offspring of heavenly father and one of his goddess wives as Mormonism teaches. Jesus created all things. He's not Lucifer's brother as Mormonism teaches. He is the creator of Lucifer in Colossians chapter 1 from verses 16 on it says that Jesus for by him were all things created in the heavens and on the earth whether visible or invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or rulers or authority all things were created by Jesus that includes Satan and why is this important it's important because this church with all these beautiful buildings and all this property and this message that sounds so similar to Christianity and terminology It teaches another Christ, a Christ that cannot save you. It's a different Jesus. It's a Jesus that doesn't have any existence whatsoever. It's a Christ that cannot save. And Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He's the only way to have peace with God.